Praise the Lord, Bridgeway. Today is the State of the Church, part two. Last week, we started with our clergy conversation on the Big C Church, the Universal Church. What's going on around our world and what is the state of the church and Christianity? Today, I wanna talk about the state of our church, Bridgeway Community Church, and I'll just tell you straight up from the beginning, the state of our church is strong and stretching. Strong and stretching. You know, uh, every couple of weeks I go to a stretch place. It's called Stretch Works with a Z. Check them out. They're in Silver Spring and they're in other places as well. But I go to the one in Silver Spring and you get on this table and the stretch therapist stretches your legs to the left and to the right. And they're bending you like a pretzel. When you sit up, they come behind you, put a ball behind your back and pull your arms. And they're stretching you all these different ways. And at first it kind of hurts, but it hurts so good. It's kind of like one of those rubber bands that are tight and brittle. But then as you work it out, it actually warms up. And and that's how the body feels when I'm all done. An hour later, the blood is running warm in my veins. I feel like I can high step it a little bit more. I didn't even know about that. I knew about massages and I know about exercising and all that. But to actually have someone stretch you, the trip thing about it was the first time I went, uh, the stretch therapist said, now, when you're home, these are the stretches I want you to do. And I said, stop. <laughs> I said, that's why I'm paying you. Uh, I'm not going to be doing all this at home. I'll just come back and you do it again. But, you know, the point that the stretch therapist was trying to to make was, yes, I can do something for you. But if you want this to be effective, then you're going to have to do some things for yourself. That's what we talked about last week with the clergy, right? That spiritual growth is not just someone teaching you, but it's also you diving into the word yourself. You've got to exercise your own faith. Well, I'll say to you that I believe that Bridgeway has been exercising their faith. One of the ways you exercise your faith is in giving, and you have just giving amazingly. I don't even know what the new numbers are. I know we're well over $700,000, and in a couple of weeks, I'll give you a new report. But that takes faith to give. It's not just obedience. It takes faith. We've seen gifts as much as $2 every couple of weeks, $2, $3, and then larger gifts, of course. But all together, we are showing that we are in on what God's up to. And I would just say to you, uh, it's not about the dollars anymore. We're trying to hit 500, 500,000. It's about getting in on what God's up to. And it's not too late. If you've not given to the campaign, I don't care if it's 10 bucks. Don't you want to be a part of the blessing of this ministry? What am I saying? I'm saying this ministry is strong and stretching. Stretching actually strengthens you. And I believe that's what's happening to our church. And that's what's happening to you because you are the church. You know, we've gone through this whole COVID year and now we're in 2021. And I say to you again, happy new year. But I have to say we were and, and, and still are strong in our resolve to continue ministry amid the pandemic. We never stopped ministry. Now, yes, I made a decision to close the church building before the governor even uh, made the decision for the state to say, we want you to close your church buildings for a while. We made that decision because we were concerned about you. And now here it is, 46, 47 weeks later, and our building has still been closed, but our ministry hasn't been. I mean, we have worked hard to say, no, the church is not closed. We remain open and we remain doing ministry. And we have. 
We've had baptisms and baby dedications. We've had uh, more funerals than we would like to say we've attended to. We have cared for so many people within our ministry, and they have felt the love of Bridgeway Community Church. Many of you have received notes and, and flowers and visits, and, um, you know, that's what ministry is. Not to mention the thousands of pounds of food. <laughs> that we have fed people because they have been in need. They've been without jobs. They, we've had long lines in Owens Mills, Reisterstown at that campus and long lines here in Columbia, Maryland on Saturdays. If you need food, uh, check the website out, find out the first and the third Saturdays or the second and the fourth, what time we're open and come get free food. You stay in your car, wear your mask. We load you up. You keep driving. No shame in that game. And when we do the renovations of this building, it's going to look like a grocery store by the time we're done. You're going to see it from the lobby. So you can go in from the lobby. You won't have to drive around the building uh, if you don't want to here in Columbia, Maryland. Or you can drive around the building and enter that way. There's also handicapped access. All of this we're doing because we are strong and stretching. We are strong and stretching our vision, not just our dollars. We want to reach as many people as we can. Prior to COVID, we were running about 2,000, maybe sometimes 2,500 devices that would be open watching our services. Now, friends, it is amazing. Anywhere from five to 8,000 devices covering 12 to 15,000 people every single weekend as a part of our ministry. That happens because we are strong and stretching and our resolve to minister amid the pandemic is stronger than ever. We didn't just kind of roll over and say, you know what, let's close the doors and whenever this is over, then we'll open the doors and have church again. No, that is not Bridgeway. We're strong and we're stretching. We were and still are strong in our resolve to utilize our staff and our ministers. In other words, our ministers didn't say, okay, pastor, you just preach. We're going to lay off to the side. Call us when you need us. No, they have been working day in and day out. Bible studies and teachings and gatherings and Zooms and, and visits, they have been involved together as well as separately as teams doing ministry uh, to make sure that Bridgeway continues to be strong while we stretch ourselves into the future. In fact, you'll be surprised to know that we've actually hired during the pandemic. I think we've hired four or five people uh, full time. Uh, because we are strong and stretching. Our offerings are above what they've ever been when we were in person. Over a hundred percent of the offering goal comes in as a, as an average over the last 47 weeks. And our resolve has been to minister to you and to minister to one another through the midst of the pandemic. That's why I've been so present. Uh, usually I go on a sabbatical every summer for about seven or eight weeks. And you'll remember we did seven or eight clergy sessions that I facilitated. I've not gone away at this time because this is not a time to be away. This is a time to press in. And it's not just my resolve. It's the resolve of all the clergy. It's the resolve of everyone here. Uh, no one's saying, you know what, uh, we're just going to get away. Call us when the, the pandemic is over. Call me when you get a vaccine. I, I've not gotten one of those calls from our staff or from our clergy. Why? Because we have a strong resolve to stretch ourselves, to, to minister and to do what God has called us to do. And I've not been out of the pulpit except three times. Mother's Day, Father's Day, and then uh, the last Sunday of the year where Pastor Gary uh, spoke about that one thing. And so I'm here, I'm engaged, I'm strong, I'm stretching, and so is our staff. 
Now, we're being stretched. And what that means is you have to think differently. You have to rest differently. You have to uh, organize your schedule differently. I mean, for 20 some years, I've preaching three sermons on a Sunday. I'd be here at 5 a.m. Now I'm preaching during the week. I show up on some Sundays as well. We've got all kinds of things going on and all of the social unrest. I'm doing posts I've never done before. I'm doing writings I've never written before, doing interviews I've never done before and making connections I've never made before. Why? Because we're strong. We're stretching and we're trying to figure out what's the next step for us. I remember doing 10 Bible studies on Sunday nights right from my office at the house. And I was thinking, man, people were saying, can you do more Bible studies? And I was like, no, I'm weak and I can't be stretched no more. I mean, when we first started out the gate, it was like, wow, I was doing Bible studies all the time. And then God began to give me strength. And I feel like that's what's been happening with many of you. At first, it was such a blow. And now that we're, I don't want to say used to COVID, but now that we're uh, getting our wind, we're trying to figure out, okay, I can wear a mask longer than I thought I could. Do you remember when you first put on the mask? You could hardly breathe, right? And for those of you who wore glasses, they would fog up. I mean, it still feels good to take them off when you get in your car or when you get in a safe space. But the reality is we're all adapting now and we're figuring out what it means to do life and ministry. I'm sure my wife might be wondering, when are you going to travel again? <laughs> Maybe, who knows? Or, you know, the animals might be saying, well, why are you here? <laughs> you know, don't you have a job? So maybe you may feel a little bit um, discombobulated. Maybe you might feel a little dissonance in your spirit. As I've talked to some people, they just have a, a dis-ease. It's, it's not a disease. It's a, it's a dis-ease. It's um, a, a sense of, I'm not sure what I feel these days. I'm not sure. Am I depressed? Am I tired? Why am I so excited? And they go from excitement and exuberance to exhaustion and tiredness. We as a country are going through so much stuff. When you do get a breath, you realize that you're really just in between rounds. It's not that things have ended. It's just that the bell hasn't rung for the next thing to happen in the middle of the ring. And so part of our desire as a church is to make sure we prepare you for the next thing that is to come. And the word I have for you, regardless of, of, of who you are, the word I have for you is hold on. Press on, yes. But hold on. Pray on, yes. But hold on. You know, this year we ordained three pastors. I mean, we ordained Pastor William Jen, pastor of care. And guess what? He actually cares. <laughs> it's great to have Pastor Jen. We made David Heiliger a pastor of multicultural bridge building, a white dude who is so brilliant in understanding what it means, of course, to be white, but also what it means not to be and how to help different sides understand one another without just taking a side, but truly helping us craft the gracism creed for racial healing. He was the one that pulled it together and edited it after Tracy had the idea and the whole clergy together thought about it and, and gave input and then the elders and the elders council of women. He took all of those thoughts, he edited them and put them together. Why? So we would actually have a template to say, now what does racial healing look like? Because it's not just going to go away. It just means we're in a, if, if there's time of rest, it's because we're just in between rounds. 
And so if you've not signed the Gracism Creed, why not? I want every clergy to sign it. I want every staff member to sign it. Every elder, every elders council of women, every partner, every attender. I wish the whole world would sign it. I know that's like a big old dream, right? But not just to sign it. That just says I agree. But then to live it, to say, you know what? Let me go back to that creed and read before I post something because of what just happened. Guess what? I've had to do that myself. <laughs> I've had to rewrite things and say, hang on. Uh, you know that gracism creed thing? <laughs> uh, I got to make sure I don't retweet or repost something that's not been verified and make sure that what I'm saying has conviction, but making sure that it's not uh, reckless because we're trying to build bridges of racial healing. We're strong, we're stretching, but also this year we, as you know, uh, we mentioned it last week, I'll say it again, we ordained Pastor Sandy Pope, you know, and so she was the first female pastor we had ever, uh, you know, ordained, and my God, I'm sorry it took so long. Uh, the women of this church are absolutely amazing. And then the ones that are called, the ones that have been uh, doing ministry for so long and then studying God's word. Someone like Sandy's been teaching for so long as a minister. I'm just so proud of her, of the grace that she has and the strength that she has. She's strong and she's stretching. And I don't want to be lost on you, the demographics of these three new hires. Think about it. You got a Korean dude. You got a white dude. You got an African-American female. I mean, God knows how to raise up the right people. And guess what? They're not all red roses or yellow roses. They're they're irises and orchids and, and gardenias and every other flower that you can think of because it's God's bouquet is all the difference coming together in unity to be a beautiful smell that God actually loves because he created it all. He doesn't want us to just be white folk with white folk and white folk vote with white folk, black folk with black folk, black folk vote with black folk, Asian folk with Asian folk, Hispanic folk with Hispanic folk, natives with natives. No, God has called us all to be together, not old folk with old folk and young folk with young folk. No, a multicultural, multi-generational, multi-ethnic church of people who come from different backgrounds, different ideologies, but they find unity in the Lord Jesus Christ. They bow at the cross. He saves them. They rise again from the dead, if you will, like he does. And we will too. Physically, we will rise again one day, but spiritually we are risen. Christ is alive in us. That makes that person who may be different than me from a different color, class, or culture, my brother and my sister. And how awesome is it to be a part of a church that has all those different uh, demographics who call Jesus Lord and they're willing to worship together. We're strong and we're stretching. Let me just say before I turn to my clergy, because I'm going to ask them to respond to what I've been talking about and add to it, because it'd be much better to have a group conversation for a few minutes about this. But I will list a concern. I don't want to make it seem like everything is happy go lucky. In fact, one of the concerns that I have as your pastor, and that is for my volunteers who are no longer serving, I feel for you. And let me just sit down for a second. Um, I've been asking my, my leadership team about this because showing up at a Zoom meeting, showing up at a Zoom Bible study, being a part of a life group, all those things are great. But there are some people who grow through serving. 
Yes, we grow through studying. Yes, we grow through uh, a prayer. But there's some people who grow through serving. Martha wasn't wrong because she was a hard worker. Martha was wrong because she was doing her hard work at the wrong time. She had failed to prioritize Jesus. But if we're not careful, we'll worship the inner Mary inside of us as if that's what Christianity is all about. The inner Mary is being present with the Lord and sitting at his feet and hearing, hearing his voice through prayer and through the reading of scripture. No doubt about it. But you'll remember the passage where there were 5,000 that needed to be fed. Do you remember that passage? Do you remember what Jesus did? Jesus did the miracle, but he made them do the work. Did you notice that? <laughs> you take the, here's a little boy who has a lunch, you know, these two fish and five loaves. Jesus, here you go. Multiply it. You know what Jesus said? You go feed them. <laughs> I mean, you go do the work. In other words, he knew that participation was a part of discipleship. That discipleship is not just what you take in, it's what you give out. And, and I want to honor the people who have been hard workers who are without a job right now. You're without a ministry. Some people's faith grow not simply by attending things, but actually doing things. Hard workers, like gatekeepers, like frontline workers, like first waivers. What are they doing right now? Those who are in the parking lot in Owens Mills, parking cars. Those who open the doors or make sure that people find a seat. We're talking about hundreds of people. And the answer is not come to another Bible study. I mean, that's part of the answer, but they should have been doing that anyway. I'm not talking about the Mary part of their lives. I'm talking about the Martha part of their lives. Some people grow through cooking. Joan King, ma. She would cook for me. Y'all don't even know who she is. She'd been around the church 25 years and she would cook in the back in between three services. I'd be here from 6 a.m. to 3 p.m. And she always made sure uh, that I was fed. She hasn't cooked in 47 weeks. Joan, how you doing? There are some people who that is their ministry and it's been taken away from them. And so I want you to know that I know that as a pastor. So when I talk about we may not come back and open up until the spring or until the summer, it's not lost on me that that is a grieving point for some of you. It's not lost on me. But I'm trying to do my best to play my part in keeping you safe and get the church renovated at the same time to the degree that we can. So I just wanted you to know that. And I wanted my pastors and my ministers to hear that as well, because I think sometimes what will happen is we can be so into the things that we're doing uh, that we forget there are people who are literally grieving connection with one another. And a lot of that connection sometimes actually comes from serving. I miss the Bridgeway Choir. But guess what? I probably don't miss it as much as they do. Because you see, when they were singing, they weren't just singing. Right. They were in community together. And so, you know, maybe there's a way you can do a Zoom choir. I, I don't know. But. Those are the sort of things that we have to be cognizant of that church provides for us. So, yes, we're strong and yes, we're stretching. But I want you to know that there are people who are missing things. And as your pastor, I want you to know that you're not forgotten. That's what I want you to know. Miss Franny, you're not forgotten. Mark and Melissa Thistle, you're, you're, you're not forgotten. I, I want you to know uh, Karen Walls, you're not forgotten. Claude and Jenny, you're not forgotten. Herb, 
In his 80s, you're not forgotten. Man, you've been, how long you been ushering, dude? A long time. As long as this church has been going on. Virginia Callahan, you're not forgotten. I want you to know that I think about you. I want you to know that our clergy think about you. And yes, more Bible study. Yes, more Mary moments. But I know that for some of you, Martha moments is what breathed the life into you. And you can't hold a camera. You can't turn on lights. You can't you can't sing with the choir right now. Murray and Avery, Adam, Steve, the Dawson's, the Felton's. I want you to know I'm thinking about you, Reg. I'm thinking about you. First wave, I can't wait for you all to get back in the parking lot and argue with people about where to park. Okay, these are the things I'm saying (laughs) that kind of build into us. And I want you to know that Myra and Leslie and Forrest and Teresa and Marty and Tyrone and Sal, Eric, I miss you. And we still need you. Yeah, we miss your faces. Yes, we can chat on Facebook and on YouTube and during the services. The chat is fine. That covers maybe about 10 or 15 percent of everyone who's watching. But there's another 85 percent who are not chatting it up. And I just want you to know we still want you. God is still going to use you. And you will still have a job when you get back. Having said all that, let me turn to my clergy now to respond The state of our church, strong and stretching, and at the same time, we're sensitive to those that have lost so much over this last year. Can I turn to you for a response? What are you thinking? Anyone? Doc, it was a joy to hear you say the names of all those people. I just like smiling the whole time because they're part of our family and we, we love them and we miss seeing them. And yeah, just thank you for that. Name five people. I don't care who they are. Uh, from the ones that you know no no anybody that comes to your mind that you know <laughs> i'm putting you on the spot right now but think about it just give them a shout out to people we've missed uh, that that we're gonna see again Can my you think brother of any? my brother keith that works behind the scenes yeah. in tech um miss myra oh my yes. gosh miss myra yeah um anybody yeah. else name some names i'm thinking <laughs> amy sims when's the last time i mean hey amy hey tim yeah the bagley's the Bagley's. Hey, Bagley. Michelle and Chuck. Yeah. Phil and Emily Jones. Phil and Emily Jones. Yeah. Darren and Julie uh, Milligan. Uh, yes. Denise and Stanley Burroughs. Yes. Uh, Brenda Morrison. Brenda. So many people. Um, yes. Sandy Johnson LaRosa. Sandy Johnson LaRosa. Um, so many, so many people. Come on, keep naming just a few more. Just a few more. I think about Shanira and Vonda Washington. <laughs> and Br- Brian Washington. Love you guys. Yeah. Debbie Houston. Who? Debbie Houston. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anybody Bill, else? Bill Green. Bill, Bill Green. Green. BGE. Yeah. Bill Green extraordinaire. Yeah. yeah. BGE. <laughs> That's good. That's hey, Carl and Stacy Nelson and Cesar Manzaneras. Really miss you guys. Yeah. James McCullum. I, I miss yeah, the, the theological conversations that I would have in the Connection Corner. Oh, yeah. With James McCullum, with Marcus Jackson, David Demas would sometimes oh, chime Demas, in yes. on, on those every once in a while. Yes. And uh, just between services, if things were slow, we would just get into some really deep theological conversations that were so enriching yeah. and wonderful. I really miss that. Yeah. I miss that fellowship. We just, we just want you to know we do miss you. Sometimes it can come off as if we don't, right? Because we're broadcasting, broadcasting, broadcasting. But we, we want you to know we do miss you. And the time will come again, Lord willing, unless he comes beforehand. 
And then, you know, Lord, that was like $700,000 of renovation. <laughs> we didn't really need to do. But my whole point is if he comes first, you know, we're going to see each other in the air and we're going to see each other in heaven. But if he does allow us time together, we will come back sometime spring or summer and we will worship. You know, one of the first things I want to do when I come back, Tracy, an altar call. If you ask me, what's the one thing you miss besides the people? Altar call. I'm going to do an altar call. <laughs> We're going to need room, right? Yeah. We might have to do altar calls and shifts, Pastor Mitch, because I feel like we're going to have so much to bring to the altar. Maybe the first service, maybe I don't even preach a whole word, you know, just can we just marinate in the presence of God while the psalmists are singing and while the music is going and while the tears are flowing? Could we just be at the put the cross right here and just just be at the altar? Mm-hmm. Can I still anoint people with COVID, maybe with a glove? I don't know. Those are the details we have to work out. Any other responses to what what I've yeah. said? Yeah. Pastor um, Mitch. Yeah, for, for the uh, inner Martha's in us, I, I love that you brought that up because, you know, Martha did nothing wrong. Yeah. She did a lot of good. It was like you said at the wrong time. But there are some opportunities. I happen to be married to the person, our outreach coordinator, uh, a director, uh, Donna Michener. And yeah. I know right now, if, if you came into our house, it looks like I'm getting ready for an episode of Hoarders to be filmed because we have so much outreach stuff. There's a couple outreach projects coming up where uh, we're going to be making these blankets and sending them to nursing homes and to city missions. We've got these other gift bags that we're going to be taking to people in need. And so check out mm-hmm. your uh, church center app and pay attention to our Facebook community page as well. Yeah. A lot going on with Bridge Kids too, Pastor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was driving in uh, today, yeah. and I saw a bunch of folk from Bridge Kids. I think they were giving away uh, these, these kits. They what do, were they doing? They use these kits. Um, so there's there's the broadcast service like we do yeah. for Bridge Kids because my my granddaughter is very much into this. And then after that, there's like their own Zoom meeting class. Um, I know the, the thistles, you mentioned them, they, yeah. they lead that. And so then they have these craft kits and supplies that you can get. So your parents come and you get it for the next month. And then, you know, you sit them down and they get to do their crafts just like they would in a class, except mom and dad probably get to help them. All right. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So, and I think uh, a lot of kids have been coming through Bridge Kids, mm-hmm. I think 79, 80 kids. And uh, we just bless that ministry as well. So thank you. Uh, Stacy Wormley and the rest of the Bridge Kids team, Rachel and all the yeah. rest of you, because I know it's a big team. But thank you for uh, for what you're doing to serve our children. Any other thoughts or responses? Uh, Pastor Gary? Pastor, first, thanks for affirming uh, people who can't serve right now. I really appreciate that, yeah. uh, that you did that. I think often of Mark 10, 45, where Jesus said, I didn't come to be served, but to serve yeah. and to give my life as a ransom for many. Yeah. Jesus set his face like a flint to Jerusalem because he, he had to serve and yeah. people couldn't keep him from doing that. Yeah. And our people want to serve. My My encouragement to people might be, prayerfully think about how you can be a redemptive presence in your own Jerusalem, in your own neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Maybe make a meal for a neighbor. Maybe Maybe do something for a neighbor. Maybe maybe try to serve someone in your own community. Because the second half of our mission, right? It's not just building into one another. It's also building bridges with the community. That's right. So we don't just do that corporately, right? We want to do that individually as well. Yeah. So start building bridges in your own neighborhood. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Any other thoughts or responses? I see Pastor uh, Scott Garber over there. Hey, Pastor. <clears throat> yeah, um, you know, one of the great things you're talking about, the, the fidgetal uh, opportunities, uh, 
one of the great things is that allows us to broaden the scope of what we can do. And it's already, it's already done that, really. Yeah. Meaning physical and digital. Yes. Right? Digital, yes. And um, the other side of that, though, that's, that sometimes concerns me, and I'm glad to have heard you speak to it so eloquently before, is reaffirming like the importance of mixing the demographics that we've brought together here in real life and in real time. Because you can you can have a multicultural ministry that you stage online, you know, and yeah. and who would know what it really means? And so all these people that God has brought together here, um, it's really important that we create those opportunities uh, going forward that people are are interacting because that's where the rubber meets the road. I think in terms of us really encouraging one another and learning from one another and growing together as a body in just the ways that you described earlier. And, uh, you know, as we as we turn toward more digital activity, then we really have to prioritize that, I think, in order to keep our identity uh, uh, moving ahead and, and fulfill yeah. the vision that God has given you in this church. Yeah. Any final thoughts before I uh, I bring it to a close? What, one of the things, Doc, that I, I loved is that you reminded us that the church is not a building. Sure, it's important to gather together and to use these resources, but it's really about the people. Like you yes. name them, it's about people. Yeah. Old, old song back in 1994 by an obscure band called AVB. It's called, you can't go to church as some people say. It's the common terminology we use every day. You can go to a chapel, you can sit on a pew, but you can't go to church because the church is you, wow. you know? And so it's really about people. I want you to rap that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sound like he was rapping. Bring that up to 2021, man. You can do Don't it. Don't get me things. going. Don't get me going. He's tempted right now, isn't he? Yeah, I'm going to just show some restraint right okay. now. See, my face gets even redder than it was before. All right, come on, Mitch, just a little bit. What? Not even that one, but what, 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 would you listen to what? I got to say to you, I could be wrong, but then again, it could be true. And if it's true, you need to take a second look to see if what I'm telling you is by the book. Now many declare that they are preaching the word, and although they may sound pretty, what they say is absurd. I am not eloquent. I know I may sound rough. I'm trying to make a simple point. It's not enough. It's not enough to be sitting in Sunday school. It's not enough to be obeying the golden rule. It's not enough to be actively taking part if you don't have Jesus in your heart. Oh, oh my my sons say never do that again. Go ahead, Pastor. You a bad white dude. <laughs> I love you. God, that was good. You just pulled that out, right? Yeah, I just made that up. Yeah, right. Whatever. <laughs> That's how he flows. Uh huh. Pastor Steve, you want to rap? Behind, I can't come behind that. <laughs> I can't rap. I won't try to do it. But uh, one enc <laughs> encouraging thing is the church is alive. And God said in Matthew that uh, Jesus said, greater things you do than these. And yes. in this COVID experience, we see the church going further and wider and greater than it has been in the history of the church. More people are being reached by the gospel now through Zoom and through the internet and through social media and TV and all than has through 2,000 years of the church. So God's church is not dead. God did not make a mistake when he allowed COVID to come and he is still in charge. So I give God thanks and praise for the very fact that his church is growing and greater things are we doing now than even Jesus as far as reaching more people for him. Yeah, that's good. 
And to build on that, I think these people behind behind these cameras that you mm. don't see every single week. That's right. Yeah. Uh, working hard to bring you service. I'm just so grateful for Dante and Larry and Dee and Tori and Johnette and uh, so many others. Yeah, I'm like sure I'm forgetting some. Yeah. 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 Just pouring in uh, every week, spending energy and time to create the services to impact so many. And the cool thing is you don't get to just leave a moment behind. You can share it. You can watch it again and again and again. And uh, COVID isn't the only thing that's gone viral. There's been services that have been shared over and over again that encourage messages. I'm sure Pastor Mitch's rap will be shared oh again Lord. and again. <laughs> and viral as well, so. I can't wait to see it again myself. <laughs> well, you know, let me, uh, any final comments before I close us out? Um, let me close us out with um, a couple practical applications. Um, one is open door, two is opportunity, uh, and three is open your eyes. Um, Colossians 4.2, Paul actually prays for an open door to share the gospel and an opportunity. Let me read it to you, because this is the Apostle Paul asking for prayer. He says, devote yourselves to prayer. This is Colossians 4, verse 2. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. Check out verse 3. And pray for us, too. Pray for us, too. Like, devote yourselves to prayer, but can I give you a special prayer request? Pray for us, too, that God may, here it is, open a door for our message so that we can proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Paul was praying for an open door of opportunity to share uh, the message of Christ. During this season, pray that God would give you an open door to share Jesus. You can copy and paste links from our YouTube or Facebook pages. Um, people w might be asking you around the dinner table or for family visits or neighbors in the neighborhood or people at work, questions about what's going on. This is an opportunity for you to really be thinking through when God opens the door, how am I gonna step through it and share the message of Jesus? Not the message of politics or the message of philosophies, but the message of Jesus. So there's a real practical application. Pray about open doors. Also pray about opportunities. I want you to see in this same passage, in verse 4, he says, Pray that I may proclaim it clearly, as I should. Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders and make the most of every opportunity. When God presents you with opportunities, make the most of it. Now, how do you make the most of an opportunity? By preparing for it before it comes. When preparation and opportunity meet, that is the moment of great success. If you have opportunity, but you're not prepared for it, the opportunity passed you by, you missed it. Anybody ever had missed opportunities? So prepare now. So you're going to pray now for open doors, and then you're going to prepare so when the opportunity comes, you know how to step into it. And I believe that God's opening up many opportunities, not just opportunities to share the gospel, but opportunities for businesses to start, opportunities for entrepreneurs to do things that they'd always been wanting to do, but there were too many other big uh, barriers in the way that God has literally taken down those barriers. And so this is your moment, opportunities to write uh, books or to write plays. I don't know what your opportunity is supposed to be, but you should be preparing for it in this season. See, the, the state of our church is strong and stretching. And yeah, we're sensitive to the things that God is doing around us. But you now need to start thinking about 
how am I going to turn all this into ministry? And one of the things I can do is turn this into ministry by praying for open doors, by taking advantage of opportunities. And then lastly, I want to talk to you about open eyes and specifically uh, praying that God would open the eyes of people who have been deluded through everything that's going on in our culture. I have a very interesting text that I was reading this morning that I want to share with you as I close out today's service. And I'm so excited because next week we're going to begin our uh, four-week winter guest speaker series, and you're not going to want to miss it. It's going to be absolutely incredible. So next week we'll welcome Nona Jones uh, from Facebook and uh, you're gonna, you're gonna see Phil Vischer and Edgar Sandoval. We're gonna close it out with our friend Israel Houghton. You're not gonna wanna miss any of this. But as I was, uh, reading in my scriptures this morning, uh, I was trying to encourage somebody who's really, really struggling with uh, so many Christians being deluded by, uh, prophecies. Prophecies of, of not scriptural prophecies of the end times, but prophecies of everything that we've been seeing in our culture and people are being deluded to believe right that our hope is in a messianic president or our hope is in a, a democratic or republican party or our hope is in white nationalism or patriotism or america first you know our pledge of allegiance you remember what it says right doesn't it say um with liberty and justice for all Liberty being freedom and justice for all. It's almost as if the founders knew or whoever was writing this knew that you needed both sides. You need the social justice side, which seems to be so democratic. And you need the liberty side, which seems to be so much about freedom and individual uh, responsibility and freedom. It's as if they knew that a culture needed both. We need individual liberties, yes, and social justice for everyone, yes. And that there is a place for all of us in that continuum be between uh, individual liberty and social justice with liberty and justice for all. But our hope is not even in the Pledge of Allegiance to our flag. Our freedom becomes because of our allegiance to our creator, our redeemer, and our king. And there are people believing false prophets who have said things like, um, Trump will be the trumpeter for God, who have said things like, it was Antifa that broke into the Capitol and they weren't white people, they were black people who painted themselves as white. That there is no racism and that there is no um, no systemic uh, disadvantage for people of color. Um, listen, it doesn't matter who the president is. This stuff is out there now. But what's sad is that there are a lot of believers who have bought into uh, these conspiracy theories that often and always, QAnon included, often and always blame people of color and immigrants. It's always been that way for this country. The scapegoat has been the poor, people of color, and immigrants. You just blame it on them. Throw the Jews in there, too. Why not throw the gays in there as well? And that seems to be the way 
uh, some believe. Listen to me. If we're going to follow Jesus, then we cannot believe conspiracy theories. And when I read this verse, I was like, whoa, talk about open eyes. So here is how I want you to practically apply this message. We're strong. We're stretching. We're sensitive, regardless of what side you're on. But there is a spiritual component to all of this that I don't want you to miss. I believe the prince of the power of the air and the spirit of delusion that the scriptures talk about is all in the mix. And this is what it says in Isaiah 44. God says, this is what the Lord says. Your redeemer who formed you in the womb. I am the Lord who has made all things, who alone stretched out the heavens, who spread out the earth by myself. Here it is. You ready? Verse 25, who foils the signs of false prophets and makes fools of diviners, who overthrows the learning of the wise and turns it into nonsense, who carries out the words of his servants and fulfills the predictions of his messengers. Hear it again. I am the Lord, pick it up at verse 25, who foils the signs of false prophets and makes fools of diviners, who overthrows the learning of the wise and turns it into nonsense. Pray for open eyes that God would show those who have been deluded in the name of Jesus that he will open their eyes, that they will see what they have been believing is not Bible, but false prophecy, diviners, and that he would expose it for the nonsense it is. Let me tell you something that's not nonsense and is not fake news, and that is this. Jesus is Lord. <laughs> Jesus is creator, redeemer, and king, and no one can know God unless they come through Jesus. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. There's a narrow road. Few will take it. There's a wide road leading to hell. Many are on it. Don't you be the one. The worst thing that could happen is that you could die and not know the Lord Jesus as your savior. A virus is not the thing that will kill your spirit. It's possible to take your body, but I'd rather have the virus and go to heaven than not to have the virus and go to hell for the rest of my life. Sickness on this earth is temporal. Healing is eternal. And if you want that kind of healing right now, then you need to invite Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. I can't be more clear. The state of our church is strong and stretching, but the state of your heart is dead, the scripture says, if you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. He did not come to make your life better. The gospel is not making about making your life better. The gospel is about making someone dead alive. And you can be a dead man walking or a dead woman walking, a dead boy or a dead girl walking if you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. You may feel alive physically, but spiritually you are dead. But guess what? That ain't the good news. That's the bad news. You know what the good news is? That God loves you so much that he sent his son Jesus to take on that death for you. And that's why he died on the cross and rose again from the dead so that you can rise again too. If you want eternal life, all you have to do is accept it because it's already been offered to you. All you do is pray and say, dear Jesus, come into my heart. Why don't you just do it now? Dear Jesus, 
I invite you into my heart. I'm spiritually dead. Make me alive in you. Forgive me for my sins. I know I'm separated from you. Thank you for dying on the cross and rising again from the dead. Lord, I don't know what all of this means, but I know I want a relationship with you. And so I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. And if you prayed that prayer to receive Christ, let us know about it. Just uh, text the word fill me uh, to 97,000 and let us know. We'll send you some information or let me know. Just send an email to the church or give us a call and leave a voicemail. We want to know so we can send you some information and so our teams can be praying for you. God bless you and thank God for the state of Bridgeway Community Church.